0: Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Meriwether and Tharp, your source for Georgia divorce. Find them online at theatlantadivorceteam.com. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. I'm going to tell you something off the top of the show today that you probably won't be surprised to hear. At this stage of my life, you know, kind of early 40s, wife, kids, I don't go to a lot of clubs anymore. You know, there was a time, believe it or not, when I actually was not in my 40s. and did not have kids. And, you know, back then, you know, you kind of go out a little bit. You do do a little thing here and there. Uh, I don't do that much anymore, but I have actually done that in the past. Some of you may be somewhat surprised to even hear that. And it's always kind of weird when you're waiting in line to get into the club, and you sort of feel like the guy at the front's kind of looking you up and down, trying to run, run, decide if you're dressed well enough to go in, and you know, I'm not one of these people that's good-looking enough as it is to just kind of skate past any of these velvet ropes. I sort of had to make sure I dressed the right way, otherwise I was going to be kind of left you know, on the outside looking in. Maybe some of you have experienced that before, too. My reason for saying that is sometimes I sort of think about college football as kind of a club there as well, that if you want to get into the National Championship Club, if you want to get past those velvet ropes, if you want to get into the college football playoff conversation there are just certain prerequisites you have to have like good looking clothes or whatever else there's certain things you just sort of have to have if you want to be a part of that conversation you've heard me say over and over again that there is a clear connection right now between high-powered offense and national champions and obviously that is led by kind of that big-time high-level performer at the quarterback position we all understand that and I begin today's show with some good news because a lot of you know I love the college football Preview magazines. Athlon Sports is one of those. It's really one of my favorites. I'll be reading that a lot as we kind of head towards pool season and being outside at the beach later on this summer and everything that goes along with that. The editor of the Athlon Sports College Football Preview magazine, Stephen Lassen, joined me yesterday on SEC Country Live. And hope that you are checking out SEC Country Live every Wednesday afternoon on the SEC Country Facebook and SEC Country Live YouTube pages. A lot of you have given me great feedback about that, and I appreciate you being a part of the show. And yesterday, in a wide ranging Conversation with Stephen about a lot of the things related to how the SEC projects for this upcoming season. The name of JT Daniels that quarterback for Georgia came up, and Stephen Lassen says that when he looks at JT Daniels, he definitely sees one of those quarterbacks capable of getting Georgia past the velvet ropes of all the you know also ran pretenders into the actual contender status in the VIP section of the club. Uh, Stephen Lassen says he absolutely sees JT Daniels as the kind of guy that could get Georgia there. This is Steven.
1: No question about it. We've seen that difference makers at quarterback drive college football now. Joe Burrow was the reason that LSU perked up and won the national championship, was able to to unseat Alabama. Look what's gone on at Alabama. I mean, Tua, Mac Jones. There's an offensive revolution underway in the SEC. It's no longer just about having a good defense and running game. You have to have a difference maker at the quarterback position. I think JT Daniels can be that guy.
0: So I think it's really interesting that Stephen Lassen calls him a difference maker there. That's obviously what you have to have. Somebody that's the difference between being 10 and 2 in the regular season, 11 and 3 after the SEC championship game, whatever, you know, kind of numbers you want to kind of throw out there, or you know, what whatever the record would end up being there, just on the outside looking into the college football playoff versus actually being back in that playoff again, the difference maker at quarterback would make, as the word would suggest, all the difference. But as I told you, I think it was in a show last week week that Athlon itself the the group that Stephen Lassens the editor for they themselves though have told us that they only see right now at least based on the preseason projections JT Daniels as the third-best quarterback in the SEC in their All-SEC teams that are available online at AthlonSports.com. They only had Daniels as the third-team All-SEC quarterback behind Bryce Young from Alabama and Matt Corral from Ole Miss, who they actually had as their first-team All-SEC quarterback. And I've told you on the show that, listen, if Daniels is only the third-best quarterback in the SEC, then that might not, not actually be good enough to get it done for Georgia this year, that you got to be better than third-best in the SEC. See if you want to really see Georgia at its highest and best in terms of its offensive output. However, Stephen Lassen, who was obviously part of the construction of those all-SEC teams, did push back on that notion a little bit yesterday on SEC Country Live for a very specific reason. Here's a little bit more from Stephen on that topic.
1: We think Bryce Young, we think JT Daniels, we think Matt Corral are all going to be in the mix to kind of be a third fourth team all america. So when i think when we say second or third team all sec, we're talking about the best of the best in college football. And so we're projecting both uh, Bryce Young and JT Daniels to have that type of season. But when you look back at last year, JT Daniels in his starts, you know, Georgia averaged just over a touchdown more a game than they did with anyone else under center. So his impact was clear, and it's not just the scoreboard, it's how different he can make this offense he can push the ball down the field averaging over 10 yards per attempt those are all kind of things that georgia has to get out of its quarterback position
0: and i think he can be that guy so I think it's really interesting from Steven Lassen there from Athlon Sports who says, yeah, you know, it may be true that JT Daniels is only third-best quarterback in the SEC, but you could be, as Lassen points out, third-best quarterback in the SEC and be like the fourth or fifth-best quarterback in the entire country just given the overall depth of the SEC, and I think that's a really a pretty interesting point. Now, the what that leads us to is this. Well, then how do you judge JT Daniels then? If you're going to have other high-powered, big-time quarterbacks in the SEC Bryce Young filling in the shoes of Mac Jones at Alabama what Matt Corral is expected to do maybe somebody else emerging around this league there as well what do you really watch for, for from JT Daniels to determine if he really is to use the phrase that Stephen Lassen used the difference maker at quarterback for the Georgia Bulldogs and to me this conversation once again returns to something we've said before I think you can judge JT Daniels on how good he makes the players around him. If you want to use that phrase again, difference maker quarterback. Then be the difference that makes Darnell Washington not just kind of a fringe all SEC tight end, but one of the most prominent pass catching weapons in this league. Same thing for Jermaine Burton, who we've talked about before. Veteran player like krs Jackson. Incoming freshman like Adonai A.D. Mitchell, if you want to kind of get into all that. Take some of these guys, the speedster of Arian Smith, if you want to bring him into the discussion. Take some of those guys, make the difference for them from being talented players who have potential to actually looking like finished products who are going out there and getting. Getting it done for Georgia offensively that's a way to judge JT Daniels and by the way Stephen Lassen from Athlon Sports certainly seems to see that as a possibility because he seems to really like what JT Daniels has around him a little bit more from SEC Country Live yesterday
1: and I also think what helps him is the playmakers around him at receiver yes George Pickens is injured and out indefinitely. But I really like guys like Darnell Washington, Jermaine Burton. You throw in Arian Smith and some of the other guys. That receiving core for Georgia is loaded. So I think everything is really in place for this offense to take off. Especially too, they have a full off season to work under Todd Monken, and I think we'll see the benefit of all that this year.
0: Yeah, so listen, I think you can bottom line this pretty simply. If JT Daniels is as good, as Stephen Lassen describes there, and I have every reason to believe that he can be, as good as the very best quarterbacks in the SEC, which make him among the very best quarterbacks in the country, then it ought to show up in the performance of those playmakers that he just mentioned, working with Todd Munkin in year two you know listen I'm not gonna lie I do like the idea of national writer editor for big magazine saying we're very high on the Georgia offense that's clearly the path you have to travel towards a national championship if you want to get there and even after the George Pickens injury uh, one of the national guys who kind of peers in on this seems to think Georgia's right there in the mix I take that as really good news now with all of that said let me kind of go to something completely different here for a moment and I have to admit that we have not talked about a rick gilbert much lately because i guess i was under the belief that after he kind of chose to enter the transfer portal from lsu then committed to florida then decommitted from florida it sort of seemed like to me that he might be going his way back to lsu or he might be just doing something completely different but it certainly seemed like he was not coming to george i think if anything we probably waved the white flag a little bit on that but the idea that gilbert the former five-star prospect tight end if you want to call him that receiver even if you want to call him that just given the way the modern game has seemingly changed here a player and a prospect that i've always really liked would love to have had a georgia and yet you're kind of left to believe that it was just not going to work out for for gilbert coming to uga however there's New life being breathed in this story here today. And, and one of the videos I like online, it's kind of been turned into a meme. I don't really know where it even comes from. It's the it's the casket on the back of the truck, and the casket door flies open. The guy sits up out of it and stands up and starts walking and kind of doing the, the thriller dance on the back of the flatbed truck out of the casket, literally coming back to life again. For some reason, that video comes to my mind in thinking about this because apparently things are not quite dead for George when it comes to a Rick Gilbert, at least if you believe certain corners the media mike farrell writing a p or farrell have you say it, uh, writing a piece for rivals.com mentions gilbert and georgia in the same sentence recently this is worth me uh, reading and I'll put a link to the entire story you can read it for free at rivals.com I'll put a link to the entire story when I post the show later on today at the uh, worldfamousdognation.com But what Farrell writes about Rick Gilbert is that some expect him to be back at LSU this week as players arrive for summer workouts. Admittedly, I guess I was probably one of those people just based on what I would kind of heard prior to all of this. Uh, But Farrell says apparently Gilbert is not at LSU right now. And Farrell goes on to say, now I hear Georgia and Tennessee rumors. Let me tell you something. Ain't nobody going to Tennessee. But uh, nonetheless, uh, he says, I hear Georgia and Tennessee rumors. Let me me read the rest of that, if you don't mind, Uh, again. And I don't know what to think, Mike Farrell says. But he does say this. The one-time school that held the commitment for Gilbert coming out of the transfer portal, Mike Farrell from Rival says, no, Gators fans, your team isn't in this anymore, which makes Gilbert very similar to a lot of other five-star prospects who Florida is simply only a spectator in their recruitment. Uh, so very interesting stuff there from mike farrell com saying i'm starting to hear some georgia stuff related to my to a red gilbert again now i'll I'll take the tennessee thing seriously even though i would be somewhat skeptical of that uh because uh, obviously farrell uh, uh, originally called the florida thing and we kind of gave him a little bit of a hard time for that and he ended up being right about that so we'll give him a little bit of credit for uh, that there but the point of all of this is Maybe not dead yet for a Rick Gilbert in Georgia. Uh, I don't know. This seems like really fun stuff. We uh, obviously talked a lot about Darian Kendrick yesterday, the former Clemson defensive back. Now you have seemingly reason to talk once again about uh, a Rick Gilbert here right now. I'm not quite so sure where all of this is heading, but listen, uh, well, what do they what is it they say in poker? A chip in a chair? You know, as long as you got a chip in a chair, you got a chance here. So uh, we'll follow this and see where it goes. I'll also ask Terrence Edwards about this coming up in a moment, because if, if anybody wants would know Terrence mind, and of course it's great to have all of you with us here today my name's Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented by Meriwether and Tharp. And glad to have you with us no matter how you get to us today, live on video, 10 a.m., Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Radio Noon, Athens Sports Radio 9, 6 through F, podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, DogNation.com, SoundCloud, gosh, just about every platform in the world you can find our show on. I'm really glad to have all these platforms out there because we want to be able to deliver the content to you. And obviously, we would not be able to do that if not for our friends at Meriwether and Tharp chance to see our good buddy bob tharp and his uh, great wife ashley they were with us for dog nation days of summer uh, this past friday so much fun to hang out with them and obviously uh just so so appreciative i am of the work that they do for so many the people in our audience because let's face it an audience the size of ours statistically speaking a lot of you have either gone through the divorce process or you find yourself potentially in the midst of having to go through this, and that's a tough situation. We all understand that, but here's one thing I've come to believe, is that you want the next season of your life to be better and more enjoyable than maybe what the current season is, and the things you do now make that better for you over the course of the long run. That means putting somebody to work for you that not only understands the intricacies of the law, but also in how, how those laws can have real-life impli- you know kind of implications and applications in your own life. So, that's what Meriwether and Tharp is good doing they are your source for georgia divorce and the reason why they are that is because they've been through situations like this thousands of times so please put them to work for you take that initial consultation that's free take advantage of the free resources they have the the podcast, the blog post. And I think one of the things that can be helpful about those free resources is it can actually inform you about better questions to ask when you do that initial consultation. So please do all of that and reach out online. The first step belongs to you. Then after that, they'll take all the steps for you. It's the Atlanta divorce team dot com, the Atlanta divorce dot com. Meriwether and Tharp, your source for Georgia divorce. All right. It will be Terrence Edwards coming up in a little bit. We'll find out from him if he can shed any new light on the situation with the Rick Gilbert situation. Terrence and Rick are obviously uh, close with each other. Before we do that, though, let's go around the doghouse. And I got to tell you this. I told our video audiences before our show started today. I already liked Branson Robinson, the running back out of the great state of Mississippi, and already kind of thought that he'd be a nice fit for the Georgia recruiting class for class of 2022. But when you watch Before the Hedges, presented by Kroger last night, let me tell you something. Robinson comes across as like one of the great dudes you could ever possibly be involved with first of all very mature like if you told me he was recruiting other players like if he was the coach recruiting the players I believe I might b- believe that if he was your next door neighbor and he had like three kids and a wife of, of, of 10 years I think I might believe that there as well just a very mature presence kind of comes across as much older you know than someone who's you know going into a senior year of high school this is a very very impressive guy every kind of look and feel he seems exactly like the kind of running back that ought to be here at the University of Georgia. And obviously, right now, it seems like Georgia is in the driver's seat in his recruitment because... There is like a rare level of honesty with the way that Branson Robinson talked about all this. A lot of guys try to keep their cards close to the vest. A lot of the guys try to may, maybe in some cases be intentionally misleading about where their recruitment is heading. In the case of Robinson, that's not what's going on here. Robinson has been very clear that right now, going into a visit season, visits that he wants to take advantage of, by the way, but going into this visit season, he's been made made it very clear that right now he views UGA as his lead school. Let me let you hear Branson Robinson last night before the head just presented by Kroger.
2: It's no secret now. It's number one right now. But, uh, you know, I just want to get the feel for everything. I just want to go down there, see how everything is, because, you know, I just don't want to. If I commit there, I just don't want to be there the first time I go down there after I commit. You know, I want to see how everything is. and That's all that is.
0: So, listen, I have no problem with Robinson saying, you know, listen, my visits matter to me. I want to make sure that what i experience in real life in person matches what i've kind of done virtually over the course of the last whatever year plus and you know these guys for the class of 2022 and hey, we, we said this before the, the 2022 class is a little bit different than the 2021 class you know the 2021 guys had their senior year taken from them but they took a lot of visits in many cases their junior year for a lot of the 2022 guys you know none of the, you know they're moving into their senior year and they're still not taking visits after not having them at all last year either this i, I think the 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 coronavirus pandemic is impacting the 2022 class in terms of the visits they haven't been able to take. In some ways, even more than an impact of the 2021 class. Now they're going to have you know all kinds of opportunities here in the future, but let's not forget just how much the global pandemic has impacted 2022 recruiting. Arguably, even more so than 2021. So Robinson's absolutely earned the right to take all these visits. But the fact that he says, listen, right now I do have a pecking order, a hierarchy, and Georgia is number one on that list, I think you can't help but appreciate the honesty even if part of that honesty is uh, kind of what we want to hear. Uh, I think you can't help but appreciate that from him. And with Jeff Sintel yesterday, he went into a little bit more detail about exactly why that's true. Some very, very strong words of praise here for Georgia running backs coach, Dale McGee. You'll like this as well.
2: Why is Georgia still your number one? It's uh, just the relationship with you know different coaches, you know, Coach Smart, you know Coach McGee, pretty much the whole coaching staff, and it's just the bond that I got, especially with Coach McGee. You know, just talk about certain things and stuff like that. Not on and off the field. Sometimes it's just about life and stuff like that. So, I mean, that I just it's just really the coaching staff that really pulls me towards Georgia right now.
0: And how would you describe your relationship with Coach McGee?
2: Um, I would say. He's more like another father, I would say. You know, nobody is your father, but, you know, we talk about things, you know, not things like considering football, you know, some things about he talk about his wife and kids and talk about how my day went at school and how my grades are and stuff like that. It's just certain stuff like that.
0: I think that's what the really good recruiters are really good at doing. You know, I've always kind of equated recruiting with like a little bit of a sales thing. And the best salesmen are always going to be those guys who who don't make it seem obvious. They're trying to sell you. You know, salespeople are, are really good at doing that. The good ones are able to kind of present their pitch without kind of feeling like you're being pitched. And in the case of McGee, a sales for the georgia football program you see the same thing kind of working here where it's like hey i'm going to develop a relationship with you because i want to be in a relationship with you and hopefully that all kind of just makes sense for you then come to georgia and kind of further that relationship with me over the course of the next three or four years it is not surprising to hear a guy like dale mcgee really good at that and you know when he really really kind of sinks his you know uh his Keith into to a recruitment boy. It really seems to to make a big difference. In the case of Robinson here, that seems to be the case there as well. I'll invite you to check out the full edition of Before the Hedge is presented by Kroger to get the full interview from Jeff Centel, I'll also put a link to that when I post the show a little bit later on today, but good stuff with Jeff Branson Robbins. We'll talk to Jeff about that and a whole lot more when he joins us there tomorrow there as well. But for now, here on Dog Nation Daily presented by Meriwether and Tharp, let's find out everything else happening around UGA. Always fun on a Thursday to talk to the former Georgia wide receiver Terrence Edwards. Let's do that right now. Happens, and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead. Here's a DogNation.com insider. We will say hello to uh, Terrence Edwards. Always great to have the former Georgia wide receiver here with us on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Mary Weather and Tharp, and uh, always a lot of fun. Terrence, hope you're enjoying your summer. I know summers are busy for you because you know you're out there coaching and doing all that hard work and everything that goes along with that. But certainly hope you're enjoying all of that, and we appreciate you spending a little time with us here today.
3: Ah, uh, thanks, B eight. You know, it's always a pleasure.
0: I want, to, I want to ask you about some other stuff. Let me squeeze this in here real quick because we were just hearing from Branson Robinson. I don't know how much you had a chance to pay attention to Robinson, the running back out of Mississippi, but boy, what an impressive young man he is. Physically developed, mature seemingly beyond his years there. Uh, pretty impressive guy all the way around. I realize that's not quite maybe necessarily you know in your uh, sphere because you know he's a running back, not a wide receiver, but uh, boy, you hear interviews like that with Robinson, and easy to understand why a guy like that would be clearly on George and Del McGee's radar. Pretty impressive young man all the way around there.
3: Oh, I, I try to keep my my hands on everyone. O line, D line doesn't matter. I just I like try it. to keep the pulse on on Georgia recruiting period. And I've watched this young man film a few times. I actually showed it to my brother. And I mean, if you just look at his physique, uh, that's the first thing that pops out at you. If you look at his film. I think he's a, a combination of of Zamir coming out of high school and Nick. Just the way Nick looks, he he has a cutting ability and a, a acceleration ability that that what makes him the number one running back in the country. And hopefully, Coach McGee is is gonna you know do his 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 pitch and 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 young land that young man because he. He is what running back you is, and he would be a great addition to that room.
0: All right, great stuff there. So, Terrence, I was honest with our audience before you joined us that I had pretty much stopped talking about a Rick Gilbert, even though I'm a huge fan of Gilbert, and selfishly I'd love for Gilbert to have landed at Georgia. But, you know, just given kind of the way that his recruitment played out after entering the transfer portal, I was kind of left to believe, well, I guess this must just not going to happen. But all of a sudden now you start to hear some of these news reports and a little bit of rumor stuff here and there that that maybe, you know, Gilbert is still on the open market and maybe Georgia has a chance to land him. Is there anything new you can tell us about this situation and should U G A fans remain at least, you know, kind of piqued with their interest that, that maybe Gilbert could still be in play for the Bulldogs?
3: Oh, uh, one thing I can tell you that right now, uh, Eric is in, in peak condition. I mean, he's been training this offseason with me and uh, strength and conditioning coach, JT. And he's uh, in peak shape, mind, mind body, and soul. Uh, he's back to the guy that uh, I've known since the ninth grade, who I was trained since the ninth grade. And uh, he has options. Uh, where that option would be, I try to stay out of that with the guys because I don't want anyone to come to the conclusion that I'm just sending guys to Georgia. Sure. Uh, I give my pros and cons and uh, I lead led up to his family to make that decision with him and if he asks I would give but if he normally he don't or any of the athletes then I, I don't. I just try to kind of stay out of that kind of stay neutral uh, but I do know he, he has uh, he, he has options and he hasn't led to me to believe either way i don't know but i can't wait to find out just like everyone else
0: what is the thing about gilbert that maybe those of us who try to follow his story and obviously i mean i've been impressed with the rick going back to his you know time in high school eh? he's just a you know really good looking prospect now i'm happy to hear you say that hey he's in you know great physical condition and wherever he plays this fall ready to play well while there what is it about Gilbert that maybe those of us who only see him on video or watch him on TV or maybe you know met him briefly you know what is it about Gilbert that maybe we don't know and don't understand because obviously you know this is kind of a complicated story when you go to LSU you seemingly were unhappy at one point you then go to you know transfer to Florida although that doesn't quite work out there's been a lot of people try to tell Gilbert's story uh, you know but what you know Gilbert in his own words or you you knowing him personally what is it about a Rick Gilbert that we should maybe understand Understand more that we don't quite know.
3: Uh, Eric is a very quiet and reserved kind of guy. He doesn't really like the spotlight. Uh, he's not that type of guy that is, you know, with this whole process is trying to seek attention. He's just not that type of guy at all. Uh, I mean, he's a guy he would leave his cell phone at the training facility and just forget it because stuff like that just does not uh, appease to him. He, he's just a quiet. Uh, he's very uh, into his family with his mom and to his friends. He kind of stay away from everyone else if you're not in his inner circle, Uh doesn't you know trust a lot of people, but the people he do trust, he trusts them hard. So uh, you know, for people who don't know, he's just a quiet, reserved guy just trying to make the best decision for himself and his family.
0: So let me shift gears here, uh, and uh, Terrence, this just coming out, and I want to appreciate Connor Riley, our producer for today, to helping us stay on top of this. So Josh Brooks has announced, following in the footsteps of other SEC teams who've made similar announcements, that Georgia does plan to be at full capacity for the first home game of the season, which will be week two this year against UAB. So full crowd for Georgia Clemson. The Carolina Panthers have recently announced that. A lot of other SEC teams announcing their plans for full attendance. Now Georgia joins in and does the same thing. Terrence, how big is it for these players who, you know, have played in front of empty stadiums or near empty stadiums a lot last year, and we just know the energy is so different when you're talking about full fans. Just even watching some of the NBA playoff stuff over the course of the last couple of nights. The the feeling around those games now in the kind of the home gyms of the NBA teams as opposed to the bubble atmosphere from a year ago. You know how much of these players you think looking forward to having the roar of the crowd after big plays and the and the in the 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 noise on defense try to you know draw these teams you know off offensively. How much of these players looking forward to having that full crowd again? And how happy are you to hear that UGA is on its way to doing that against UAB for its first home game of this upcoming season?
3: Uh, it's a it's a plus. I always have always have these conversations on Twitter with with fans of uh, of all sports, and I'm just like. uh uh, I think fans may think I, I don't like them because I, I just think sometimes fans think they're entitled to owning the players or come off as, you know, because I bought a ticket, uh, I get to say and do what I want, a la last night with Russell Westbrook. But with that being said, this is big, man. We, we, as athletes, appreciate the fans being there. You give us energy. We love the attendance. We, 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 do, we're not, we won't like to play in a stadium with up, uh, hundred people in it. That's just not that's just like Pratt's. We love the energy and the roar of the crowd, especially at Sanford Stadium. So I'm happy that the fans will get to enjoy Saturdays in Athens because it's nothing else like
0: it. So you're telling me that you do wanna have a full stadium but you don't want popcorn dumped on you. Is that what is that what you're saying, Terrence? As a full correct <laughs> correct,
3: correct correct. And I also saw on Twitter today that popcorn and hot dogs is gonna be half price this year, so that's another reason to get everyone back into the stands and be able to enjoy half price popcorn and hot dogs.
0: Yeah, that's all re- uh, really good stuff all the way around there. Fun to uh, think about that for Georgia as we head towards the upcoming season here. Uh, Terrence, yesterday one of the things we talked about a little bit was Darian Kendrick, former Clemson defensive back, who seems like another one of these transfers that could potentially be in the mix for UGA, and yet there's also some questions lingering for, around him, you know, why it was that he you know left the Clemson program. He's got some legal trouble to uh, deal with after an arrest issue going back to march that it did involve a weapons charge sounds like there might be kind of a path towards maybe getting some of that you know kind of cleared up and maybe having those charges dropped maybe even in the most optimistic sense of all of this as a former player what is your perspective on you know when you extend that second chance opportunity you know what it is that you're willing to kind of forgive and and be willing to kind of give that guy uh, uh whether it be Kendrick or anybody else you know this is you know ranging just beyond not you know beyond even Dar- Darian Kendrick what are your thoughts on that when that player looks to football for a way to rebound over maybe a couple of issues in his life that he'd like to have back
3: let, let, let's just be real right BA we always you know speak the truth on your sure. on the show and and if you could play, you have a bigger leash. That's just in all aspects of sport. If you could play and it could help me win, you have a bigger leash. Uh, if he couldn't play as well as he can play, uh, he wouldn't probably have any opportunity or, or not opportunity at a power five school like Georgia. So uh, I know the, the staff in the school will do their due diligence. They're not just going to bring in some guy that's going to uh, not represent the university like he should, like it should be represented. Uh, that's first and foremost. But uh, he's a talented guy. Uh, if he's going to be able to help me win as a teammate, if he's going to come in and help me win and not be a big distraction. I'm all for it. Uh, life is about second chances, and I think he should get. A, if if everything works out and he's clear and admitted into the university, he should get a second chance.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you on all that for sure. Let me finish with one more thing here. We talked about JT Daniels a little bit before you joined us, and my belief is that you can judge Daniels and his success this year not just by his own stats, but by the stats of the offensive players who get a chance to play with him. If he's truly a difference-making quarterback, then he'll make a difference for guys like Darnell Washington and Jermaine Burton and Justin Robinson and A.D. Mitchell and Arian Smith and all the players who will be catching balls from him. Is that something that you would join me in also saying that, hey, the big-time quarterbacks are going to turn their receiving targets into big time players there as well, and that's kind of the way that we'll evaluate Daniels for this upcoming season. Would you agree with that sentiment?
3: I think so. I think so. I think he has the the weapons to do what Alabama did last year, or what LSU did the year before. Will we have those tight numbers? I don't know if Kirby's gonna, you know, and Company's gonna, we're gonna have those tight numbers, but then the offense is gonna be very explosive. Um, you know, we have playmakers at every position, at running back, at tight end, at receiver. We have playmakers. Now JT just has to do his job and give those playmakers the opportunity to be successful and, and do what they're brought there to do is uh, be a playmaker on the outside. So I think this probably as overall, it's probably one of the deepest teams that we've had talent-wise uh, at all those positions because uh, I think the receiver position is set. Uh, the tight end position is set and the running back position is set as well. And I- Now everyone just has to do their job, and we'll be successful in my mind.
0: Well, Terrence, that's a great uh, sentiment and a great way to close out our conversation. I do want to remind folks, as I said before, you're working hard this summer getting folks ready for their upcoming high school season or getting guys ready for their eventual transition to college there as well. And if uh, families want their son to kind of get some of that you know, pass-catching skills and have those talents developed the way that you do, how can they reach out and find you online?
3: Yes, you can reach me on all social media platforms at Terrence Edwards Wide
0: Receiver Academy. Uh, Great stuff, Terrence. I hope you enjoy your Memorial Day weekend, and we'll look forward to getting a chance to speak to you soon.
3: Thanks, B.A. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is
0: SEC through. All right, really good stuff from uh, Terrence Edwards there. Uh, Fascinating all the way around. Uh, Very interesting insight into Rick Gilbert, obviously knowing him close. And listen, you kind of also respect – you know, Terrence here on this too, it's like, you know, obviously Terrence is a huge fan of UGA. You can't listen to him speak without knowing that, and yet he also wants to be professional. He wants to be a guy that can be a coach to players who go to schools beyond just the University of Georgia, so he wants to be careful not to be seen as swaying somebody to a particular school, and I certainly understand that, respect that. And frankly, I'm happy to have, as Terrence said, we try to keep it real on the show here. I'm happy for his honesty and insight, whether it comes to the Gilbert situation or what he said about Darian Kendrick Dayer. When it comes to a Dog Nation Daily presented by Meriwether and Tharp and very good stuff there just a moment ago. You also heard the announcement during the interview with Terrence that Josh Brooks, the UGAD, has said full crowd for UAB second week of the season uh for sanford stadium they are this all a part of what is the university of georgia athletic association board of directors meetings going on here uh at uh, the lake Oconee lodge reynolds plantation uh, very nice getaway there the board meeting they do this once a year and so there's gonna be some news kind of coming out of all of this i did see where uh georgia reporter seth emerson has tweeted out that they're also gonna change the press box at sanford stadium they're gonna be moving that to the side like, I'm gonna be self serving for two seconds, but I'm also going to make this a larger point there as well. As someone who sits in the press box with the rest of the Coastal Elite Media, I am so sad about this because y'all would not believe how good the press box seats are. There are a lot of press box seats now in the SEC that are frankly pretty crummy. They're either way up high or way off to the side. Like, Georgia's press box seats are, like, right at the 50-yard line. I mean, like, you could not have a better seat. It's literally the best seat in the house is the Georgia press box. So they're going to move that and make room for some premium seating there. So I'm obviously sad about that because I'm losing what has been a very, very nice seat to enjoy the games. But beyond that, to not be quite such a self-serving media guy for a second, the other thing that I hear from a lot of Georgia fans is that it's way easier as a donor to move up the pecking order in terms of away games or neutral site games like the Clemson game coming up. Georgia's actually getting, it would seem, a good number of tickets for this Clemson game coming up. And I've had people tell me that the actual cutoff to get these Clemson tickets is not quite as high as you might think it would be because it's just a little bit easier for the away games georgia florida is kind of much the same way neutral site game you know you don't have to be you know the you know monopoly man in terms of your donor status to be able to you know to kind of get that georgia florida game but when it comes to moving up to better seats at sanford stadium i've had people tell me and i'm going to overstate this slightly but it's just virtually impossible right you can kind of select a seat that's more appealing to you but this idea that you kind of change categories you go from like 300 level you know to good seats in the 100 level or certainly if you're trying to get some of those chair back seats and kind of the club level area that it's just virtually impossible to do that because of how many kind of like legacy long-time donors have had those So one of the things that George has been, I think, kind of seeking a remedy for, and I'm kind of just piecing all this together just based on people that I've talked to is, You've got to create another premium seating option to open up more seats for other people because the incentive to give when it comes to better home tickets, there's not a huge incentive there because it's just harder to get better tickets because the people who have them are not relinquishing them. I've heard that a lot. Many of you have kind of experienced the same thing. So as much as I'm obviously sad to see the press box turned into premium seating, meaning I'll be you know moved somewhere else in the stadium. I do kind of understand why it happens, because there's obviously money to be made there. But it's not just the money from these premium seats. It's taking people who are sitting in other premium sections, moving them here. And now you've got more incentive to get you know money raised for the program to slide people in there. So this is ongoing. Lake Oconee here today. Our buddy John Stinchcomb is on the board. So we'll probably talk to him next week about some of the stuff that goes on with all of this. But obviously, reporting continues throughout the day on that, and we'll, we'll continue to monitor that here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp. Let me also uh, say this when it comes to uh, everything else going on around the SEC here for a moment. So there was also news from the SEC yesterday related to the CBS schedule comes out. We do find out a couple of the games for CBS. Obviously, one of those is Georgia, Florida. It's customary time, 3 30 there on October 30th. Obviously, we do our Generator countdown on the show each and every day. And you know, CBS has been a good partner for this game. There's some obvious reasons why they don't want the game to ever be at night or anything like that, because you know, a couple of years in the early 2000s when it was, there was obviously some you know unfortunate things that kind of you know went on in relationship to that. It is clearly a, a very big party outside the stadium, so they like the three thirty time for that. The fact that CBS makes this one of their announced games before the start of any season Uh, I guess also joining Arkansas Missouri which was another one of the the, uh, games that was announced Florida Alabama also gets a 330 uh, nod for the upcoming season there as well but every single year before well before the season begins CBS announces Georgia Florida at 330 there just kind of a reminder this is not a game just like any other this is not one of those things that's just another SEC Saturday two rivals getting together there is a little bit of prestige and a bit of, you know, panache, if that's the right word, (laughs) that's kind of associated with the cocktail party that, to be honest with you, I, I don't think would exist if these were just two teams playing on campus each and every other year. I understand why some people would eventually like to see this game played back on campus again. And I think there is a growing number of Georgia fans who probably feel that way. I don't believe it's the majority right now. I think the majority still prefer the cocktail party overall. And I think certainly the majority kind of understand that, you make this game special by the atmosphere that you create around it. It's really unlike anything else in college football. And I'll also point out that even Kirby Smart himself, when he was most recently asked about this on the Paul Feinbaum show a couple of uh, you know weeks ago, also had seemingly kind of softened his stance a little bit. At one point in time, it seemed fairly obvious that Smart would like to move the game. It was not quite as obvious hearing him speak on the Feinbaum show the other day. So uh, pretty interesting stuff related to all of that. A couple other things here real quick. The... Uh... So the SEC baseball tournament's ongoing. Georgia did not play a good game yesterday against Arkansas. They are eliminated there, and we'll kind of wait to find out their postseason fate. Beyond that, not a very good game. Also, controversy involving Tennessee and Alabama. I guess you get a little third Saturday in October, you know, feel there in Hoover yesterday for the baseball deal, and there was an interference play called on a you know runner going to second, kind of a would-be double play. Arm gets up, impacts the throw. Everybody who was watching this. That seems to be kind of a neutral observer says. the 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 right call was made. There was another incident you know, later on that night, similar play where it was not called, but I guess you chalked that it up more as inconsistent than anything else. A lot of Tennessee fans are on social media, as false fans would tend to do, saying this is just more SEC bias. Uh, if this is SEC bias in favor of Alabama, I think Bama baseball fans wonder why it's taken this long to get there because I don't think Alabama's been good at baseball for thirty years. So uh, if this is if there's bias in favor of Alabama and baseball, I think Crimson Tide fans are kind of wondering how they haven't been able to plug into that a little bit more. But kind of interesting to see the SEC. As as they say on the Internet, the SEC is going to SEC no matter what. And got a little controversy there in Hoover related to that with the uh, Vols and the Crimson Tide. By the way, speaking of controversial, and speaking of Tennessee, former Tennessee assistant who uh, had a little bit of an issue there and a little bit of (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> a bit of colorful past all the way around uh Shelton Felton has been hired as Valdosta coach. Uh Felton a well-known guy, one time Crisp County a head coach there as well. I just love the fact that Valdosta after everything that happened with their previous coach, then hiring Rush probes and everything that went on there, the idea of Hey, maybe we should just kind of keep things a little quiet. Maybe not, you know, make, you know, too big of a of a splash with our with our current hire here and you know all of that. I, I love the idea that no, nah, they're not the least a bit worried about that there. They'll go out there and uh, make a big hire and kind of a big splash name. Okay, we've got a little bit of a controversial, you know, uh, a little bit of controversy connected to his name there, but Shelton Felton hired as a Valdosta head football coach. It will make that your SEC through. And here on Dog Nation Daily, let me also give a quick shout out to my friends at Engineered Solutions of Georgia. Obviously, we had a great time time hanging out with ESOG earlier this week uh, with your foundation waterproofing needs. They are great at being able to do that for you. Uh, easy to get in touch with you. You simply give them a call six seven eight ESOG now. That number once again six seven eight ESOG now. If you've got a small fix, they'll tell you how to fix it. If you've got a big fix, and sometimes these things are, you want to trust them because they have two full time engineers on engineers on staff. They are also proud partners of UGA, longtime friends of ours on Dog Nation Daily. As uh, Jay said in the video the other day, so many. of our folks in our audience have reached out to trust them, and I am so happy to see them taking so much good care of so many people there. So check out Engineered Solutions of Georgia today. Give them a call. 678-ESOG now. Make sure you tell them that Dog Nation Daily sent you. All right, Connor, if you don't mind, I was going to do a David Pollack story here today. We are running just a little bit late because of the new news that uh, crept in here. Let me instead give a quick shout out here. Adam Schefter on Twitter uh, reaching out and letting us know that uh, Todd Gurley, really good stuff, honored for some community service out there in L.A. Gurley, nice to see that he's still kind of a big part of that community. Uh, L.A. Mayor uh, Eric Garcetti honoring Todd Gurley, according to Adam Schefter, for his efforts in providing access to medical and mental health services to those in need in the L.A. area. So nice to see uh, Gurley, who's now obviously out uh, of the L.A. Rams, the team that he was famous for playing, but still making an impact there in that L.A. community. That's a great thing to see and a great job by Todd Gurley there. So that was a David Pollack story I was going to do on today's show. But we'll wait and do that tomorrow when we have a little bit more time to kind of stretch into that. Pretty interesting quotes from Pollack as of late. We'll share those with you then. For now, though, let's do the way we always do as we wrap up our show, Gator Hater Roll Call. We love the Gator haters in our audience. I got a very funny tweet from Bank Six. I'm going to honor him as our golden shoe winner for today referencing a tweet from the media entity known as the hill about an alligator that was described as unathletic with terrible arthritis (laughs) that was located after escaping from wisconsin zoo big bank our buddy bank six on twitter says sounds like that was one of the dan mullen recruits there yeah unathletic terrible arthritis i feel like i've seen some florida players who might uh fit that uh description here a little bit over the last couple of years pretty good stuff from a uh, bank six there you're a golden shoe winner for today how about gator hater countdown georgia back in jacksonville coming up 156 days from right now they get some revenge against those lousy stinking gators y'all have a great day we'll see you tomorrow dog nation daily presented by meriwether and tharp and on the podcast time now for the rs andrews podcast cool down or we'll take your comments. Of course, it's all brought to you by R S Andrews. You can find them online, rsandrews.com. They will get your air conditioning unit tuned back up to factory fresh specs. That is a very good thing this time of year when it is so hot. Summer's great. You got pool parties, you got everything else. But it also means AC season. And if you're worried that your air conditioning unit may not be able to make it through the entire summer that's on its way, get some peace of mind by getting your system tuned back up to factory fresh specs at rsandrews.com. So I want to take a couple comments on Twitter from from something from yesterday's show related to former Clemson cornerback Darian Kendrick. Billy Altman writing in to say, once again, our judicial system at work. Sad that some people seem to be above the law you know, I don't know that you could possibly say that Darian Kendrick is above the law. And by the way, everything I'm about to say about Kendrick, I think it should be important to note. I'm not just saying this because he might land at Georgia, even though that's someone who I'd obviously like to see eventually at UGA. But the one thing that I've been fairly consistent on is I do kind of believe in second chances. Around here, I am very slow to condemn football players. And you know this notion that somehow the judicial system's not working because it doesn't completely throw the book at Kendrick over a couple of you know charges. One of them was a weapons charge, but we don't know everything that was going on. You know there around that. All we kind of know is you know what we've heard on that. That somehow this is um, this is preferential treatment for Kendrick because he's not condemned on the basis of one arrest when he's really young. That just seems to be a little more. I don't know, a little more heavy-handed than I'd want to choose to be. Now, that's not synonymous with me saying, I don't care what Darian Kendrick's done. If you have a chance to bring him to Georgia, you bring him in or take Kendrick's name off this and put someone else's name or just any name, random player. For me saying, hey, I believe in second chances and I like giving guys you know a little bit of grace if they get into a little bit of trouble earlier on in their life, that's not to say, and no matter what, if you can play football, you can come here and play. For me, that's not 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 quite the same thing. Georgia does have a responsibility to vet all this, whether it be this transfer, potentially another transfer, or really anything else. You got a responsibility to handle all that uh, and and make sure you and make sure you understand exactly what you're getting into. But this notion that somehow he should be excluded from doing the thing that he's got a God-given ability to be able to do simply because he had some sort of issue that caused him to be dismissed from Clemson, some sort of issue that's caused him to run afoul of the law in his home state of South Carolina, that's just not really a level of condemnation that I'm really you know, all that willing to extend to anybody. Uh, so uh, Eddie Bauman also kind of weighing in too, not a Georgia fan on Twitter saying, that Kendrick would fit right in at UGA, no discipline on that team. Once again, I don't know how you'd say that. Now, if you're not a Georgia fan, you have a tendency to say a lot of things. But, you know, the idea that Georgia is a team lacking in discipline, if anything, it's it's the presence of discipline that Georgia already has on its roster that makes it a little bit easier to kind of extend some grace to somebody else who might need a little extra dose of discipline in their life. And I played you some clips from Darian Kendrick yesterday from the podcast interview that he did with a couple of his longtime childhood friends. And it's like an hour long. You should go, if you'll go to yesterday's podcast post and click the link, you can f- listen to the full interview yourself. I actually learned a lot about Kendrick in listening to that interview. And he talked a little bit about some of the things that he wished he would have done differently at Clemson, wish he would have communicated about his own circumstances a little bit better with a dab of Swinney. Still, and you heard this, this audio on yesterday's show, still didn't say anything bad about Swinney or his time at Clemson. If anything says, here's how I wish I would have myself behaved differently when I was there. And that kind of statement alone is not enough to prove that he's learning from whatever he's dealt with in the past. We we all kind of understand that. But I think it does provide a glimpse that that the chance to do better with a second opportunity, a second chance, that he might fully take advantage of that. I think you have every reason to believe that is certainly at least a possibility. So I didn't vote invite folks to do their own due diligence to the extent they can about any potential transfer that Georgia brings in. And you know listen, there's this like really gross thing that happens around college football sometimes where fans have a tendency to want to give their their own guys whatever, you know, grace is imaginable and yet really find ways to be turned off or or critical of somebody else's players who may, you know, kind of need that same opportunity, to second chance. Around here we try to be a little bit consistent related to some of that kind of stuff. And so we're going to continue to do that there as well, whether it's a guy like this who lands in Georgia or goes somewhere else, or you're going to bring in a Rick Gilbert with this discussion, which is a very different kind of uh, scenario, but anybody you want to talk about. We're just going to be very, very slow to condemn anybody for whatever it is they might have dealt with you know, as they try to make their way through college. They are, after all, still very young guys trying to figure out the uh, world, and I can remember being that same age as well. <laughs> I didn't always make the best choices either. Many of you understand that, certainly. We appreciate you being here today on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp, and for our R.S. Andrews Cooldown. Please make sure you find R.S. Andrews online at rsandrews.com. They'll get your air conditioning tuned back up to factory fresh specs. That is a really good thing. Story after story, they've been delivering smiles, and they can deliver a smile for you. So find them online, rsandrews.com. We'll see you tomorrow. Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp.